Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, filibuster freestyle is your buddy Gavin. It is 2020. Not my vision. It's the year. 2020. Here's the deal. Filibuster freestyle is back. We are three or four weeks shy, less than four weeks definitely, of our fifth anniversary of this podcast. So thanks to everybody who's listened to the filibuster freestyle for these last four plus almost five years. In fact, just this week, in conjunction with New Year's Day, we eclipsed the 50,000 download mark for the freestyle. So huge, huge stuff. And the month of December 2019 was our best month ever. So thank you to the folks who listened to us at filibusterfreestyle.com, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Deezer in France. Bonjour to our French listeners. Um, and bonsoir as well. Good luck for 2020 to our French listeners as well and to everybody. Anyway, um, I'm not going to do places listening right now. Um, I'm under the gun here a little bit. It's 7.33 in the east, which means it's a little after 4.30 on the Pacific time zone bent. And Jeremy Johnson is going to start the new year, hopefully with a bang, with one of his segments we like to call Jeremy from the car. It's when Jeremy Johnson leaves work in Los Angeles and on his commute home, talks to us about whatever's on his mind. Today will be um, NFL playoffs, specifically his thoughts on the chances of each of the teams to win, but mostly the Patriots, who I'm predicting he will not be optimistic about, only because I'm not optimistic about, and there are some reasons for that. Anyway, that's literally him calling right now, so let's see what happens. Jeremy Johnson, how are you, sir? Yo! You know what's amazing is I am literally in the middle of, of the, the intro, but, like, it works out well, so let's just go with it. It makes it sound yeah. like it's super planned, even though it's... We're on the air? We're on the air for real. Yeah, of the crusty book. Literally whatever you just said didn't come through, so maybe this is a bad idea. What did you just say? I said you're in a crusty polyp, and you speak now. All true. However, what I need from you, now more than ever, is just an epic Jeremy in the car on your way home where I can just listen with the listeners and be enjoy be enjoying the musings of the Pacific Coast Highway commuter of, of a man in the 405, Jeremy Johnson from the car. <laughs> how, many, how many minutes of speaking have you done today? How many do you have left, I should say? Well, we just moved into that I am allowed to speak for about 40 minutes per hour. That's 4-0. Um, okay. We were at a point when I was speaking for five minutes an hour. So we've made, uh, we've made some good strides, and I'll know next Tuesday if I can come off the pitch count or not. So we'll see. Fake band name of the week, Krusty Polyp, by the way. I think this is the second polyp reference fake band name since I've had my surgery, so that's great. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's on my wall. It's great. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it must be enormous. Absolutely. Ha- hashtag Krusty Polyp, everybody. Thank you. Hopefully hopefully your 2020 is not filled with Krusty Polyps, but if it is, get those oh, suckers removed. terrible thought. <laughs> yeah, anyway, this is already taking a turn. JJ, Happy New Year, first of all. Uh, happy New Year to you. Bonjour to our friends in France. You know what? You're right on brand because I was just finishing saying that. And, and I also I said to them, bonsoir for 2020. So here we go. Yes. You you've got some you've got some uh, well I know that your wife is a very, very much a Frank a French enthusiast 
Someone say a Francophile. Is that true? Oui. Way. Say va? Say va. Okay. I, I can speak a lot of uh, food French um, with a really bad accent, but I can get myself through a cafe um, if they don't speak English, which last time we were there, everybody in Paris seemed to speak English, and I actually really, really bummed Chloe out because she wants to speak French, and she's got a great accent because she learned there, but then she would, you know, because she has to speak all the time, it, it, you know, she'll stumble for a word or mm-hmm. do like an Americanism like, uh... And they're like, oh, you speak English, that's great, let's talk English, because they, they want to speak They want English. to practice English, right. And she's like, no, it's not, uh, I'm not sure. Know? I'm not sure if I've ever told you this story, and I'm not sure if I've ever put it on the pod, but I was at a cafe in Belgium a few summers ago, and these women were rolling their own cigarettes, and of course, when you're in Belgium, you know, you want to smoke cigarettes too. So I went over and asked them for cigarettes, because my friend Sully said I wouldn't, and I said I will. And, um, of course, my friend named Sully was with me in Europe, right? Very American, on brand. Um, but they didn't speak any English, and I didn't speak very much French, so we settled on one of them speaking bad Spanish with me. So, you know, it, Google Translator, be damned. We just decided to speak Spanish poorly together. Fake band, fake album of the week. Speak Spanish poorly together. I think we could workshop that. Yeah, we should. Right, Your last pod was good, although it did sound like we were listening through like helicopter ear cans. Yeah, but I did. I did enjoy the content. It was, the content was clutch, and unfortunately, we just we got we got boo food. We got boo food by the old by the old Bluetooth. <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> like I've used the iTalk app a million times, and it's never downloaded to a Bluetooth in a car. So anyway, yeah. Um, but thank you for enjoying the content because I, I, ugh. I was ticked because it was great content, terrible audio, which brings me back to my old college TV production days. You know, <laughs> like before we started working with you in your studio, we had great content, terrible snafus, like white balancing cameras, crap like that. <laughs> the worst. Oh, white balance. Let's not, let's not waste our time on that. Let's waste our time on the Patriots. Or more importantly, tell me why the Patriots aren't going to waste my time this playoff season. Take it wherever you want to take it. JJ, the floor is yours. I think they might waste your time. I think that we might be in a lot of trouble. Uh, we're obviously in a lot of trouble. The team is not good enough to win the Super Bowl. Although, of course, because we've seen this before, they might be. But it's just going to be, it's going to hurt. It always hurts. And uh, if you take last week's loss to the um, the Ryan Fitzgerald-led um, Miami Dolphins out of the mix by it's the end magic. of the um, previous game against the Bills I started talking myself into like you know maybe you know, they seem to be putting it together a little bit they get a little bit better on offense and yep. the guys are yep. 100% the defense is, is established and they're excellent and you know you only got to win one game at a time and, and you know I started getting that feeling I watched a couple hype videos Facebook has me pegged by the way on the Facebook videos yeah. they're like you know, they give you on the app like the notification. Oh, you've got a new, you got a new video. I'm like, no, I don't. But okay, and I'll click on it to clear the little red bubble because I can't stand those things. And they're like, hey, do you want to watch this like, you know, NFL total access breakdown of you know the Seattle Super Bowl? Like, yeah, I'll watch it again. Sure, you know. I was just going to have a normal, you know, bowel movement, and I'm going to get, um, you know, goosebumps and lumps in my throat and start crying. 
I've seen that in the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl video like a hundred times now because that's all they show me. Well, Facebook so knows everything. I watch, you watch a couple of those and you're like, yeah, I think we might be able to pull this thing off. And then they go out and lose to the Miami Dolphins at home yep. with a bye week on the schedule and what has become a Patriot killer, a former Patriots player slash or coach yep. on the other sideline coming up in the playoff game that we shouldn't even have to be playing in. Yeah. And then you get the Miami connection, Ryan Tannehill, which is the poison of the Dolphins. Like, they just infect our well. And I'm not confident at all. No. At all. I, I, I could just as easily see them getting blown out yeah. and then, like, just keeping it close and just agonizing to the very end of the game, maybe even pulling it off or winning by 15, you know, by a couple touchdowns. This is going to go one of two ways based on based on past Patriots teams of the Belichick-Brady era. It's going to go like 05 when it was the year that they weren't dominant after they won their, their, their third Super Bowl and they only won games at home and they didn't win any road games and they looked really good in the first round and they went to Denver and Jake Plummer and Champ Bailey made them look terrible because they had to play a wild card game and then go to Mile High, a tough place to play, and then you've got the 09 Patriots who also couldn't win a game outside of Foxborough. And then Wes Welker got hurt in week 17. They were shell themselves and they got their pants taken off by the Ravens or whoever the hell they played that year at home. Got destroyed. It was pathetic. Those are the only two outcomes. We either go 1-1 one and, one and get crushed at Arrowhead or we go 0-1 oh and, and get crushed by Mike Vrabel's mustache. Those are the only two scenarios that are going to happen this year. I'm sorry, everybody. This is going to be one of those years. It's, yeah, I mean, and it's not hard to see why it's impossible to do what the Patriots have done in the NFL. Because this team is gutted right now. Even just the institutional wisdom of their coaching staff. Like, every year they lose coaches. They are short on coaches. Mm -hmm. They, They have a very small staff right now. And, like, Bill is like, you know... He's very insular, and he's like, I, I just keep waiting for a one in his weekly interview on OMF. I keep waiting for one of those guys to ask if, like, hey, is the lack of coaches on your staff like impaired your ability to game plan how you normally like to? Like, just look all around the league at this point. Like, the Belichick coaching tree for head coaches is not um, super successful, but he's got assistants all over the place. And, like, we've got Troy Brown coaching, like, in, like, a an unofficial advisor role. You know, they got Nick Casario down there working on the field. Like, they're, they're calling the GM down to, down to the field to help out. And, like, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of this, uh, this uh, Gerard Mayo, Steve Belichick, zero blitz. Like, guys, everybody knows it's coming, okay? <laughs> Ryan Fitzgerald, Patrick. like, was like, all right. And Fitzgerald, you gotta love him. You gotta love that guy. I mean, if he sure, if he played for a more storied franchise, he'd be like Brett Favre. Well, he's a he's a poor man's Brett Favre. Yes, but if he played for like the Giants or something, and they won a Super Bowl, then he would be a legend. Oh. Instead, he's like yeah, he's like a punchline. He went to Harvard, you know. But 
Yeah, how about that? He's a punchline, even though he went to Harvard and has played in the league for 15 years. But he's the punchline. But you're right. You're also not wrong. It's, so he's I, a perfect quarterback for a crappy team that's trying to rebuild but also wants to like still like compete, which is what the Dolphins are. Yeah. And like he's out there, he's like, I don't care that we're supposed to suck this year. I don't care that, you know, like I we don't have enough talent. I don't care about any of that. I'm trying to throw touchdowns. Well here's here's the thing. If the NFL had forty teams instead of thirty two, right? Guys like Ryan Tannehill would be like getting paid with like Kirk Cousins money. Because there's only so many guys who can do this thing, right? And, and in a and in a 32 team league, there's about 15 guys who are good. There's 50, there's 10 guys that we think could be good or we know aren't good, and then there's like another 10 guys who, based on injury and bad luck and whatever else, get like a spot start. And Tannehill, not Tannehill, Fitzpatrick's the master of taking a three game window and extending his career by three more years. And then you know, and then getting another three game window or a five game window and being just good enough to keep getting on rosters. And whenever someone gets hurt or doesn't perform, he's like the 32nd best quarterback in a 32-team league at all times. But sometimes, like, his ceiling is 29th best and his floor is, like, 45th best, you know? He might be – the reason why he's not higher rated than that is because other guys have potential. Correct. And we know what he is. We know what he is, right. Like – you could bring him in and be like, hey, let's go 8-8, eight and eight, boys. And they're like, let's do it. But nobody's trying to go 8-8. Eight and eight. They're either trying to go 1-15 or 15-1 and one. or go to the playoffs with a chance to, you know, actually win a game or two or three, you know. Yeah. And that's just – sports is becoming more and more of that. There's really no middle class. Like, if you're not competing for a championship in sports now – you're just uh, gonna break it and rebuild. Like, what's the point? Like, we become all or nothing, and that trickles down to the players, the guys that like you could, you know, you could, you're a middle class player. Like, you're a ham and egger. You're out there banging away. You're doing your job pretty good. You're just above jag, but you're being paid like a veteran. So they'd rather bring in a young guy where they can talk their fan base into potential, right? And it costs them less money. Correct. So that's why Fitzpatrick hasn't really gotten a fair shake in the league because, like, well, he's the hot new thing. You have five and zero in Buffalo, and then all fell apart. How much of that was his fault? You know, we never know. In the league, there's so many problems with systems and coaching, and there's defenses and everything. But the quarterback and the head coach carry the responsibility for the success and failure of the team, fairly and unfairly, in both directions. Yep. And he got painted as a loser and not good enough, and he became a journeyman. Well, here he is down in Miami, and he goes out and beats the number one ranked defense in the league in what should be a game that takes them to the bye week in their home stadium, and he looks like a champion doing it. Yep. And Part he- of that is because our defensive coaches are bleeping idiots, and they kept running that zero blitz. If Fitzpatrick can just dump off to the running back at the last second over and over and over again, maybe we start faking the zero blitz, dropping into coverage, and intercepting one, two, or three of those balls, which the Harvard kid has been known to do. Right. Instead, we just keep going and going and going. I'm like, guys, like, knock it off. (laughs) He knows it's coming. 
Yeah, I do mean, it every it's, time. He he's he may be limited physically, but he certainly has seen enough in 15 years in the league. And being an intelligent dude, ostensibly who went to an Ivy League institution, like he'll if you keep doing the same thing, he'll he'll be able to read it. <laughs> you know, come on. Um, so so, do you think there is any magic rabbit that gets them even to the AFC title game? Because I do not. Yes, what I is, do. Okay, what is it? But it's it's hard. It hurts. It's scary. We like we're on the edge. The, the Patriots have won. Every kind of football game that's ever been played. Bill Belichick has coached in every one of those games. He's seen it all. He's seen the, the big comebacks. He's seen blowing the big leads. Yep. He's seen the like special teams and defense games. He's seen the last second. He's seen them all. Yep. And every variety, they have some sort of answer for. And, you know, if you just keep it, you just like you could be down. Like, look at the the Ravens game, for instance, um, this year. Look at the way that ended. They like they were getting smoked that whole game. Always two touchdowns out of you know out of it. And next thing you know, at the end of the game, they've got the ball. They're down by eight, and they got a chance to kick an onside kick and get the touchdown, a two point conversion. Which haven't we seen that before? Mm-hmm. And win and tie the game and go to overtime after getting smoked the whole time. Patriots are always in it, even when they're not. Yep. So like, yeah, like, I yeah, I just he, yeah. Vrabel is going to double Edelman. And he's going to put safety on James White, and we're going to need Muhammad Sanu to either not suck or be healthy, depending on who you believe. And we're going to need. Um, and kill Harry to, you know, catch the ball and run good routes, which he's barely shown the ability to do that. Um, or we're going to need to actually run the ball and block effectively. Because if you saw in the Buffalo game, we're running the ball well. And suddenly you can you can run your play-action passes and you can go back to your, you know, last year's playoff offense. And everybody's more open because they have to respect the fact that Sonny Michelle is about to run it right at you. Mm-hmm. And if they can't run the ball and they have to go to like one of these games where you pass 55 times, then it's like we might be in it at the end anyway, but it's going to suck. Yeah. I just think the stringing three of those together in a row will be impossible. Right? Like, Yet. It's, it's a doable. Yet. What, did, what just happened last year? Well, they strung three together, but they, they, to win it, they have to string four together. I mean, just to get to the get to the bowl. They only have to win one game. You win one game at a time. Well, that's fair, but but their the, their lack of consistency this season from week nine till now doesn't give me confidence that they can win. Go, they can go one and zero for four weeks in a row. I didn't say I'm confident. I'm just saying I can see several different paths. Yeah, like. They can keep it close with a good defense. They can get a fumble on a punt recovery or something, a punt return. They can block a kick or something weird. Like, yeah. Well, here's they what... could pick Tannehill off three times. They could get Derrick Henry to fumble because they like instead right. of tackling him, they decide they're just going to jump on his back and punch the ball until it came out. Um, and then next, you know, you get short field and you get a touchdown out of that. You know, maybe Ben Watson. Comes alive for a they've couple got a lot of they've got a lot front. of 
breathing corpses on their team, and he's he's one of them. But yeah, hey, bring up the Champ Bailey play. I mean, how many years ago was that? Wasn't it Ben Watson that chased him down ninety nine yards? Yes, it was a young ben, it was a young Ben Watson. Yes. Yeah, I mean that was like like Yermer Yager was still like scoring like sixty goals. That was that, oh, season. that was like oh six January oh six. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I know, man. It was fourteen years ago. <laughs> and he's our starting tight end again because. For some reason, nobody thought to call up Gronk and be like, "Listen, Gronk, can you like just kind of list which way? Let us know which way you're leaning, right? So we can maybe get some talent in here." Exactly. I, well, that's the other I, thing: is the talent. If I look at the talent on both sides of the ball, especially on offense, of the Titans with Henry and that receiver Brown. If I look at obviously what the Chiefs have. And obviously what the Ravens have, let alone what the Texans have, which we probably won't have to worry about. Like, shoot, man. There's just a lot of playmakers on a lot of rosters, and none of them are on the Patriots. I felt that way last year, though. Well, yeah, but you had Gronk, and you had you, you had a healthy offensive line. You can combat it a little bit. Anyway. You, the Patriots' offense is not about individual players. It's about types of plays and players. And what they need more than anything right now is a tight end that can run a seam route and catch the ball and be respected because that keeps the, the safeties yeah. back. Right. And it also punishes them for coming up too far. Right. The, the other teams have realized that, like, the Patriots receivers can't get separation quickly enough for Brady to get rid of the ball in the amount of time that the offensive line can block for. Yep. So they're blitzing him like mad. That used to be writing your own death certificate. And now, because the only guy that can get open in an instant is Julian Edelman, and you put two bodies on him, mm-hmm. and you're wise to the fact that we can dump it off to the running back, now that that's the case, no one else can get open. They have no, like, they have no, like, downfield 10-yard comeback, 20-yard button hook, like, none of that stuff. Those guys all suck. Jacoby Myers is a warm body. He sucks. Nikhil Harry, maybe he'll be a decent player one day. He sucks. Matt Lacoste sucks. Okay, like, they're not good. So they can't get separation. Muhammad Sanu, God, man, Emmanuel Sanders looks good in San Francisco, doesn't he? Sure does. Didn't want to get him. No thanks. We've been coveting that guy since he was with the Steelers, and we let him go to the San Francisco 49ers so he can get the Rutgers guy. Like, did he play lacrosse or something? Why the hell do we care about Muhammad Sanu so much? Oh my God! I'm just so frustrated by the season. It's just well, it, it's it's a missed opportunity, Gavin, because you don't always have defenses and special teams this great. We have a team that's almost complete, and they didn't plan accordingly. They left too many holes in the roster. They did that weird scramble for AB, then they cut him too soon. They didn't bring him back, and Tom's going to leave. Yeah, that's the other thing. And all these people that are like, good, F them. Like, I want those people to, like, it, look at other franchises. Yeah, it's it's really, like, there'll be moments when I think about what it will be like to care about the Carolina Panthers the way that I care about the Patriots, for instance, just to use a team that's down the street here. And they were 15-1 and one the first year I lived here. And ever since, they've been on a straight nosedive down, you know? And imagine caring as much as we care about the Patriots about a team that's gone to two Super Bowls in their 30-year history. Yeah. Which is kind of what we felt 
when we were Patriots fans, you know, 20, 20 plus years ago, because that was a team that went to two Super Bowls in their 20 year history. And they lost. And that's them both. what the league is supposed to be, though. The league is supposed to be a situation where you, teams bubble up to the top, they break through, they have a magical year that feels magical, and they become famous in their region for that year. And they come up with a funny nickname for them, and they because they're overbalanced one in one way or the other, and then they eventually have to pay some people, and then everybody bails, and then you have to rebuild, and you know, like the Seahawks are right now, you know, totally. They're um, or like every team in the league, but like, the, like the Patriots have been doing this crap for so long, like it is insane that they've been able to pull off. Fair. Uh, what, like six six rebuilds in 20 years? Yeah. Well, you know, you, you bring in Jared Stidham, and you got a good defense, and you know what you are? You're just like everybody else. And anybody that tells me to look at the stats, or like, you know, like, oh, I, I was looking at the uh, freaking, oh, my God. So, you know, like, I looked at the, I was looking at the all 22s. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Why Why were you looking at that? <laughs> you're looking at the all-22s and you're saying that Brady's not throwing the open guys. The reason why he's not throwing the open guys is because he didn't trust them. You have any idea how difficult it is to do that job? If you got somebody that's running the wrong routes and you've got somebody coming up your face trying to kill you and you like, you you can't look to them. Like, if they're blitzing you, there are no progressions. You pick a winner before the snap, right. and you throw to them. It's called the hot round. Like, oh, well, it's called the hot round. Myers was open on that blitz in the end zone. I'm like, oh, really? Well, let's, yeah. I, designed to throw to Myers over Edelman. Yeah. Like, you don't trust him. Like, you can't get, like, and look, Brady, it's not fair to these young guys, but, like, He's got to do a better job of the new receivers. It's maybe it's the biggest flaw in his legacy is like he needed like a certain type of receiver who thought like him and like right. it's hard to replace those guys on the fly. Right. That's fair. Look at how we got Edelman. Look at how we got Welker. Look at like the guys that have been successful in this offense over the years. They're not the types of guys that you just like, you know, pick out of the combine. No. You know, well, like, yeah. Well, I think, well you had Chris. Ho- I mean, you had Chris Hogan. You got a Monmouth lacrosse player who worked out for two and a half seasons. So that's that's your point right there made. So I will say this quickly: if if Brady had like Drew Brees' weapons and and could function with talented receivers the way that Drew Brees does, because you just put up made a good point about Brady and his difficulty gelling with receivers, then Brady would be putting up crazy numbers. Anyway, speaking of Drew Brees. And the other 10 teams besides the Patriots, the 11 teams in total, including the Saints, who, who do you like? like do, do you have a team that you, you enjoyed watching and if the Patriots can't win that you'd like to see win? Do you have a team that you absolutely don't want to see win? Let's kind of end with those two things. I like the Saints because they're like our brothers in arms of being like unfairly railroaded by the NFL, so I've always felt an affinity for them. Okay. And I love the city of New Orleans and their food, so... That's two things. Um, I, I also love Drew Brees. I mean, what a competitor! Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I'm not mad at the Chiefs. You know, I'm not mad at them. I they've they've been losers for so long. I, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they um, if they actually broke through and won. The Ravens, I have a, an aversion to yes. uh, for obvious established reasons. The Niners, I don't know. I don't. I mean. It's a little too soon for Jimmy G to be winning while we're on the downslide, for my taste. Correct. Um, 
and especially because they're they're not really winning specifically because of him. So, you know, I'm not really all in on the on the Niners. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind if the Bills won a playoff game. I think that would be fun. But if they win more than that, I'll be offended. <laughs> um, who am I missing here? Titans can go kick rocks. Uh, the Packers, not convinced, not at all. But you know, here they are winning games. So you know, maybe. Well, here's here's the, the Packers' route to the Super Bowl is that they're the two seed, right? Yeah. That they get San Francisco gets upset in their first game, and then the, the NFC Championships in Lambeau. Packers don't lose that game nine times out of ten. Don't matter who if you're it's playing. if it's Seattle, like. Honestly, if the Seattle team wasn't the Seahawks and my natural aversion to them, yeah, um, I love Russell Wilson as a quarterback. I admire oh. that guy so much. He is such a talented guy, and he's so squirrely. He throws such a beautiful pass. He's got. He's like pretty much like mastered the um, mobility to throw that all these like mobile quarterbacks should be learning that Mahomes also has, which makes you pretty much like a, a video game quarterback, like NFL blitz quarterback. If you can use your mobility to evade pressure and let things break down and then zip the ball hundred miles an hour on somebody's fingertips, you, it's almost impossible to keep those guys, you know, bottled up. Right. And he's, he's, you know, he's a weirdo and he's got his concussion juice and he's, I think he's like a married virgin and all that stuff. But here's a question for you. Speaking of Seahawks, they got Marshawn Lynch back, right? Yeah. So let's say they get down there and they're on the one-yard line. And it's an NFC Championship game. Or it's just a playoff game. Forget it. I mean, Super Bowl, whatever. What? I mean, like, how big of stones do you think Pete Carroll would have to have to throw the ball there? But... The other team would be like, there's no way right. they're going to throw the ball right. because of what happened the last time. Well, here's what you do. So it's like the ultimate like deep fake, like reverse jinx. Like, yep. I, it, no, it's a great point. I think the move is you go play action, they bite real hard, and then you pass to like the fifth string tight end tackle eligible guy. Because what they did in the Super Bowl – they kind of rolled Russell out, and he had one option, and Malcolm Butler made the play of the century. Um, well, it was a it was a bang bang. There's one, yeah, there's right, no right. Role. So I mean, so there's like, no boom. there's no way in how they run that play again. But that was the thing. I didn't have a problem with them passing. I had a problem. What you're saying, they should run the Dwight Clark play. Correct. You should, you should, that's the play. You play action. You roll right. You throw it to the guy if he's open, or you throw it out the back of the end zone if he's not. Right. So, so, so I think they probably do try to run the ball, especially if it's like second and one, and there's a timeout. But I think you, you, every play in that four down series from the one, you either run with beast mode or you fake the run like off tackle, and you look for like a play action pass, kind of find someone in the in the in the weeds because Pete Carroll's never going back to that play that they ran in Super Bowl Forty Nine. Oh, they should they should never run that play again. Never ever. Marshawn Lynch, by the way, fresh legs, man. The guy looks good. Well, yeah. Take the year off. I you. watched a bunch of that game, and I was like, yep, hasn't really lost much, man. He's, it's not like he was a guy that relied on beating you to the edge. Yeah. He's going to meet you at the edge, and you're going to look at him and say, oh, my God, i got to tackle that guy again? Yeah. 
and by the time you answer that to yourself, he's hitting you instead of the other way around. 100%. By the way, the Patriots' defense having to draw a bigger version of Marshawn Lynch at running back for the Titans... It's a bad matchup. Doesn't doesn't bode well even if they win because they're going to be black and blue all over going up against the Chiefs team that's been off for two weeks. We've been... This, all right, so losing that game in Miami was unconscionable. Quick, quick take. Yep, go ahead. I know we're up against it, but the Patriots were built this year to beat the Chiefs on defense and to manage the manage the offense, run the ball really well. James Devlin, fullback, reliant, like play action pass. Older quarterback Benjamin Button treating him like he's a rookie again, and. And then you bring in, you know, the you bring in Harry and you work him along over 16 games or whatever. So they prepared for the wrong team, is my point. Because sometimes you roll the dice and you build your team to beat the Chiefs, and really you should have built your team to beat the Ravens. And, you know, like, we're, we're designed to cover, like, seven wide receivers <laughs> and, yeah, we're designed and match to match up athletically down the field and not really line up in any traditional oh. formations. Yeah, and I, with the yeah. Ravens, you have to just line up with a linebacker heavy situation and you know play straight up, stay in your lanes, old fashioned defense, like really old fashioned, like nineteen thirties style defense. Correct. Does anybody stop the Ravens, or is this a coronation tour? Ugh. God. I mean, really. I think I think you just made your point though, because nobody prepared to beat the Ravens this year, so the Ravens invented something by going to the 1930s machine that nobody has personnel to stop. No, and so and so, like next year, unless the Ravens can further evolve, the league will adjust and they'll like have six linebackers in a game instead of six D backs or whatever it is, right? Adjust, right, and, of course. You know, because the league is stupid. You know, of course. I mean, but the thing is, nobody prepared for them because last San year, San Francisco might. But then we gotta get all the way to the Super Bowl for that. I think Kansas City could beat anyone, anywhere, any field. The thing at any that, time, yeah. The thing they can also blow it because Andy Reid's the coach, and we know what happens. Right. What What you really need is you need Mahomes to just put up sixty on the Ravens to have any shot. Well, because because the Ravens are a running team, if you stop them and you get a couple touchdowns, this is the problem with these running teams in, t- in this era. You can't catch up as quickly. Correct. And so if you get if you get up on them a little bit, and they have to play catch up, then you're taking him out of his comfort zone, and you don't have to respect the run as much. And now you're throwing interceptions because you're like all the only income free. We got to catch up. And that's how you beat them. You got to get up fourteen, yep. and you got to make them nervous, and then he starts blowing it. Uh, but if you're going up in a straight up game, it's like seven, seven, ten to seven, seventeen, fourteen. You know, like they, it's they're right in their comfort zone. You know. Yeah, they're gonna win. They're gonna win every one possession game, especially playing at home. Uh-huh. So we'll see. <sighs> I, I, I don't. I don't know who can beat them. I agree that the Niners gave them an unbelievable game in Baltimore in the rain. And obviously the Super Bowl is played in perfect weather. So, you know, maybe the yeah. Niners, you know. But like you said, waiting all the way to the Super Bowl will be interesting. I don't 
don't want to hear about the Ravens for two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl after the AFC Championship game. I don't want to go through that. Are you well, kidding me? Well, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather the Chiefs. I like the Andy Reid storyline. I'd love to see the Chiefs and the um, Saints. Ooh, that'll be fun. Oh, see, that's that's like an homage to what we thought was going to happen last year when the Rams were supposed to play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and it was supposed to be like a sixty yes. to, a sixty to fifty seven game. And then, of course, we got thirteen to three. Go Pats! And it's uh, also the Bizarro version of last year's Super Bowl, though, because you get the old veteran versus the young, up and coming, yeah. you know, new type of talent, which is what everyone thought Goff was until Belichick got. Well, also, it's a Bizarro version of last year's Super Bowl because it should have been last year's Super Bowl because they were both the top seeds and they both got dinged. You're, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> cool, yeah. man. Well, hey, uh, are you home? Yeah. Oh, you're in your driveway. Pacific Avenue. Here we go. <laughs> in beautiful Los Angeles. Um, it sure is. Well, listen, man. We will stick around for a second. We'll catch up. I'll end the pod there. That's the first time I've ever been doing the intro when the guest called. It was actually, it felt like a real radio show. Real Jeremy in the car, you know? <laughs> but uh, Happy New Year to you and yours, JJ, and uh, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Au revoir. All right, ladies and gents. That was Jeremy Johnson. Literally called in during the intro, so I just went with it. Hopefully it worked out. We'll, we'll find out. Anyway, subscribe to the pod. Filibuster Freestyle. You can find us all over. I mentioned it at the top of the show, but a lot of platforms out there, a lot of podcast platforms out there, and we're pretty much on all of them. So SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Music Play, Deezer, Spotify, just to name a few, go on any of those services, subscribe to the pod, Leave a rating, leave a review, tell some friends. Help us keep it going here in 2020 as we, we get ready to celebrate our fifth anniversary of the freestyle. Again, really appreciate everybody. Take care. Talk to you soon. Happy New Year.